Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mikaitis. Hello, and thanks for joining us here for episode 498 with Dr. John Townsend. John is sharing how to build the relationships you need that keep you motivated, productive, rocking, and rolling. So you'll learn one, the one need leaders often ignore. Two, how to engage in nourishing conversations. And three, the five relationships you need in life and the two you need to prune. So if you want to check out the show notes or the transcript or the links to items we've referenced, it's at awesomeatyourjob.com slash ep498. And... I recommend if you want to check out those things all the faster, you can just simply expand the episode notes or show description in your podcast app player of choice, and in so doing, get there with your taps. Now, here's John's story. Dr. John Townsend is a nationally known leadership consultant, psychologist, and New York Times bestselling author. John is the founder of the Townsend Institute, a nationwide system of leadership training groups. He developed the online digital platform Townsend Now and the online assessment tool TPRAT. Dr. Townsend travels extensively for corporate consulting, speaking, and helping develop leaders, their teams, and their families. Big thanks to John for sharing his wisdom with us, and big thanks to our sponsors. Check them out. One sponsor to check out is LinkedIn Jobs. Did you know that you can post a job for free at linkedin.com slash be awesome? And with a fresh year, perhaps you're like many small business owners looking for some fresh insight and talent to make 2024 extra amazing. Well, LinkedIn Jobs has created tremendous tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and free. I love how they make it so easy with their promotion and selection tools. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. No, no. No, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Here's some fun facts. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash be awesome. That's linkedin.com slash B-E-A-W-E-S-O-M-E, as in you are being awesome, be awesome, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, here's John. John, thanks so much for joining us here on the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. Thanks, Pete. Well, we're going to be talking a lot about people fuel, being empty, being full, and the nutrients. So I'd love it if you could kick us off by maybe sharing an inspiring story of someone who who really made a transformation here and, and what that looked like in practice. I'll be glad to. Now, it's a little long, but not too long, but it's like over 30 seconds. Is that okay? I'll take it. Absolutely. (laughs) This person was a business owner. He, he owned a business he started. And he said, you know, I'm getting ready to sell the business and it's been successful. I've got a really good marriage and I kind of want to go to phase two, maybe be a few more years in this program. But I, but, but I, I kind of, somebody said that you can kind of optimize leaders. And I just wonder if there's anything else. I mean, I like golf, but I don't want to do it every day. I like work, but I don't want to do 70 hours a week and all that. So I flew over and we had a day and I do an analysis with a leader where I talk about what's your vision, what's your mission, what's your strategy in life, what's your strategy of business, where do you want to go? And I said, and I let me get to know you and your relational context, because that's important. And he said, oh, I got lots of relationships, no problem there. And I said, well, tell me about your relationships. And he said, gosh, I've got people I'm mentoring and people I'm guiding and leading and developing and people that report to me, and I've got great relationships. And I said, no, that's great. But I'm struck by the fact that all those relationships are outgo relationships. It's you outsourcing them with your wisdom and help in mentoring and leading. So 
he said, isn't that what leaders are supposed to do? We're supposed to be givers. And I said, yeah, but you wouldn't treat your car that way. I mean, sooner or later, your car is going to be at the gas tank and you have to get some some fuel to drive your car. So what about people that are inputting to you as well? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, my, my wife, she's great. She listens to my insecurities. She's a safe person. She's there to encourage me. And also my Labrador Retriever, Max. And he's there for me and never judges me. And I said, well, that's good. I mean, we need a, we need a spouse that's supportive when, of our fears and insecurities. And we, we, I'm a dog person, too. I said, but I would consider you in the relationally deficit category. And he kind of got a little upset about that. I said, no, I've got lots of friends. I said, yes, you do. Yes, you do. But you don't have a lot of people that you need. And I don't mean need for give me a ride to the store or let me borrow a cup of sugar. You don't have a lot of people that need in the way that when you need encouragement, wisdom, somebody to be there, somebody to challenge you. And he said, well, maybe I don't, but that feels selfish. And, I, and about this time, the wife came in and was listening. And she goes, Joe, you better lead, listen to this guy because I really don't like being the only person you can talk to. Uh-huh. And I said, Joe, she's right. I mean, the way the neuroscience works is, you know, we got to have more people in our tank. And I said, you know, your spouse is a little overwhelmed. She's a nice person, but she's not everything. And by the way, your dog is genetically engineered to lick your face and be nice to you because he won't <laughs> eat otherwise. So you, you need more. And he said, what am I supposed to do? I said, you need a life team. And that's the concept in the book. You need three to ten people who love work like you do, but also want to self-improve. And when it's a time for a challenge, you can have that eight-minute windshield wiper call or you can have a dinner with. And you're not always mentoring and guiding and developing these people. You're being vulnerable with them. And they're being vulnerable with you. And you're talking about what's really and truly in reality going on and take the leadership hat off and that'll change everything. He says, ah, that just sounds like kind of touchy-feely and it sounds a little, you know, it's like I'm being too weak. I said, well, Give these people a chance because my hunch is that when you tell people I'd like to have some more relationships because I tend to be the giver and all I got is my wife and my dog, they will say to you, I am honored to be on your life team. You've always given to me. You've always mentored me. You spent so many hours with me on my business, on my marriage, on my parenting. Sign me up. And he did it. And he came back and he said, I could not believe the response, and it's great. So that's the kind of the, the catalyzing story of the model here is that it's what I tell leaders. What, what I really tell leaders is you need to need. You need to need other people, and it's not being selfish, and here's, here's how to do it. And here's what the research says. People, especially leaders, that don't have a lot of long-term vulnerable relationships, you don't need a lot because you don't have much time, but if you don't have a few of these life team people, You'll end up with worse problems in performance in your business, more health problems, stress problems, that's in the like, more psychological, emotional problems, and a higher mortality rate. So it's not even touchy-feely, oh, go to HR and talk about it. It's really hard science that says we all need it. Well, I'm, I'm a huge believer of, of that, absolutely. I've got a men's group or however you sl- call it or, or slice it or arrange it. I, I think it's, it's absolutely huge to be able to kind of share those things. So I, I like it. You sort of have broken down the particular things we need hmm. into what you call relational nutrients. And I understand you've identified 22 of them. <laughs> uh, now that's a lot. So could you maybe share with us what are the most essential and maybe the most overlooked for professionals? In particular. Yeah, a coaching client of mine said the same thing. He said, that's a lot. Can you do categories? And I thought, yeah, everybody's busy. So let me give you the four categories. All right. Much 
<laughs> much more palatable. The 22 are arranged. There's five or six in each category. The first one is be present. And be present to the leader means sometimes you got to shut up and listen. Now, we leaders love to talk, and we've got nuggets of wisdom and all that, and it's great. But sometimes that's not what a person needs, and sometimes that's not what you need. What we found out is that um, there's so much research about a person just being empathetic and authentic and saying, I get you. Tell me more about it. And instead of three pieces of advice and, and fixing and fixing and fixing, just saying, I'm here. And you can vent to me and you can tell me whatever you need to tell me and how, how are you feeling. And I'm not going to preach at you now. I'm just going to tell you I'm your friend. And you keep eye contact if you're face to face. If you're digital, you keep connected and say, I'm, I'm with you. And we found out that that does so much for a person because, you know, I didn't need three steps to solve my problem. I can solve my problem. But just knowing you don't judge me and you're my friend, and I can be as messy as I want, people come out feeling like they've lost 30 pounds and they're motivated. Be present. Mm -hmm. The second one is to convey the good. Sometimes we're down. You know, Work is stressful. Business is stressful. Life is stressful. Family is stressful. Sometimes we need somebody that when we're discouraged, overwhelmed, just to say, I believe in you, and I want to encourage you. You're doing the right thing, and I got a lot of respect for you. And I got like hope for for your business to change and this turn is having or your your family to change. It's, it's sort of like a little shot of a, a Prozac where somebody just says, I know you're down and I know you don't believe in yourself right now, but I believe in you and I see reality there. That's convey the good. The third one is deliver reality. And reality means sometimes we don't need just being people being present with us or people just encouraging us. We also need like, a Yoda, <laughs> somebody to say, hey, why is that happening? And let me tell you some, some um, research I saw and here's some information. Kind of give me the data. Sometimes we do need data, wisdom, insight, perspective from somebody that really has been down there and is a deeper person like Simon Sinek's great, uh, great TED talk about the power of why. People can help us with the why that we're having some challenge. And then the fourth one is call to action. And call to action means you know, businesses and life and leadership changes when we get off our butts and do something. So sometimes it means I want to challenge you to take this step. And I know you're afraid to, I don't know, make this change in your business or confront this person or do this restructuring or have this tough conversation with a person in your culture or whatever. But we call sometimes people to action and say, listen, there's something we got to do. I know you're getting it, but you've got to do a, a tough, scary thing right now. And every week we need people being present with us, conveying the good, delivering reality and calling us to action. And also as leaders, we need to deliver those nutrients to other people. And I promise you, the people that you're responsible to take care of, they need them as well. And when you talk about these people, are you envisioning that you recruit them from, from all over? They could be colleagues, they could be friends, they could be uh, related to you. You mean for the life team? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I was speaking about giving the nutrients to your also to your directs, to your workers, to your children, to your spouse. So the ones we give those things to, you know, that's just everybody we feel like we're with. But in terms of the that special three to ten people life team, the way I've worked that that out, Pete, is I always like to start with the blue sky. Okay, what's perfect? What's ideal? And the blue sky would be those people are all in some, you know, driving distance of you and y'all get together for, I don't know, lunch once a week or dinner and you just kind of talk about how life is going and the challenges and you give each other grace and truth and support. And that's great. Now I don't have that because I've got people in my life team. A couple of them 
are in other parts of the country, don't even know each other. But I kind of went for the quality. So we stay in touch with, you know, when I'm in town or they're in town or Skype or, you know, texting. Texting's wonderful. Texting's very, very connected. People say that texting doesn't work with connections, but it really does. You can be very encouraged and encouraging with a text. And, and so, like in my situation, some of them are in a group that I'm in, and some of those are just people that I know are high-quality people. So for some people, their life team's going to be, Maybe people that they know that aren't getting together. And for some people, it's going to be, yeah, I assembled a group of, you know, five people that said, we're going to get together twice a month and really dig into personal growth as well as professional growth. And it's kind of transformational. And so when you are in- engaging in these conversations with folks, uh, I'm, I'm curious, is there a particular set of things that you always like to cover or kind of prompts or questions or is there any kind of structure or agenda or is it just kind of like letting her rip well there's certainly a let her rip because if you've got too much structure people get more into the okay it's 215 we didn't read this this book yet and then they don't do what they need to do it's got to be a place where there is a, a reasonable structure but also there's room to veer off the structure when people say look i've got a 911 i don't i'm a mess here we got a one of my kids on on my kids on drugs or i've got a big cash flow problem so what i always recommend is the idea would be you know 90 minutes people are busy and in that 90 minutes kind of a check-in let's just go around the circle how's everybody doing what's your wins and what's your challenges and then it's sometimes people say well i want to study a book uh, you know a book from you know John Maxwell or Brene Brown or, you know, Jim Collins or something, and they'll study a chapter of the book, and that's fine. And then people will also say, I'd like to not only study it and talk about it, but I'd like to talk about what I'm learning. So it's what's called the content piece. You have the check-in, how everybody's doing, you have a content piece. And then I think what's really good is to say, okay, we're, we got 45 minutes to go. Let's talk about what's really going on. And people do a deeper dive. People come away going, I learned something. I felt like I'm caught up with these people that I care about. And also, on a personal growth level, I could be vulnerable and I don't feel like I'm judging myself. And I feel like people are with me in the next week that I have. And so when it comes to these people, you've sort of given some names of different roles to folks in mm. seven C's. Mm-hmm. Can you give us the, the rundown of that? <laughs> yeah, because uh, people say, hey, where can, I, where can I get those people? So the seven C's are, if you look at the, the four quadrants of relational nutrients, I look at them like the way I look at bionutrients. In fact, that's where I got the idea I've, because, you know, we all, we all need calcium or we get bone problems. We all need iron and we get blood problems. So I thought, okay, there's bionutrients, but there's also relational nutrients. Like, I mean, I trademarked the term because it's so valuable for me that we need to give those things back and forth to each other, just like we do calcium and iron, but not with a pill, but with a conversation. So, the seven C's are who has those relational nutrients at what level from a nutrient-rich person to a nutrient-deficient person. And it goes like this. The first level is coaches. Coaches are the highest level of nutrient-rich because they know some things. They You hire them or they're pro bono or whatever because of their expertise in business or leadership or personal growth or spiritual growth or self-help or parenting or whatever and they don't need you to be their buddy that's they're there to coach you so it's all about you second level is what's called comrades those are the people that are your brothers and sisters in arms like they go through life together and you want to help each other to be the best person you can be and that's kind of that life team concept i mentioned very mutual very honest very safe third level is casuals we all need people in our life that we just sort of stop and smell the roses with you know maybe you go 
made it, make a friend out of somebody whose kids at your soccer game and you like them, or you see somebody at a community meeting and y'all get together and not really a life team member, comrade, but really a, sort of a nice positive person. And they're also a farm team for the life team. Cause you might think, you know, this person is into self-improvement being better, being a better leader. Maybe we need to talk next level is colleagues because so much of life is about work and we need people who are, even if you can't pick who you work with, if you own the business, you can, but if you don't, you get assigned those people. But either way, they got to have three qualities. They've got to be really good at what they do and competent. They've got to be also relational people, really good relationship, relationally. And third, they got to be able to work on teams well. And you always push for that as much as you can get it to get the best out of those relationships you can. Next level is care. And care is those people who are without. You know, there's people in developing countries that have nothing. We've been given a lot, and, and leaders have a responsibility to be on boards and go to, to trips to serve and also to like mentor young professionals that are just starting out and need somebody to tell them how to, how to do a, a SWOT analysis and how to start up a, a marketing campaign. So we're supposed to help other people. That's care. The next one is chronics. And chronics, I've been in California, raised the kids here in California, but in the beginning of my life, I was from the South. And we have a phrase in the South called, bless their heart. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And bless their heart means they're kind of a hot mess all the time. They have chronic problems with money and and their their job and their marriage and their kids and their friends. They just are always in trouble. And we spend a lot of time with these people supporting them and having lunch with them and giving advice and all sort of thing. But the only problem with chronics, bless their heart, and they're not mean people. They're nice people, is that they have what I call from psychology a flat learning curve. They don't take any insight from the homework you give them, the advice you give them. They keep making the same mistakes over again. It's chronic. And we tend to give a whole lot of time to those people. And then the last category is contaminants. And there's those dangerous people. I mean, people that should be in prison and people that have serious character disorders that they want to destroy your business and your family. And you can't spend any time with them. So what I say in that is, so to get the nutrients you need to have a balanced life, most of us look at those seven C's and go, goodness gracious, I'm bottom heavy. I don't mean physically bottom heavy, but I got a lot of contaminants and chronics and care. And I don't have very many at the top. I don't have many coaches and comrades. I tell people, you got to right size this. Where's your coach or your coaches? I've got two or three because the Harvard Business Review says they bring about three times the value of what you pay for them. And that's been my experience at the very least. So where's your coaches? Business directors, advisors, personal directors, spiritual directors. And then where's your comrades? Where's that life team? And if you build that up, then you start pruning back the bottom. That's a pretty good life. Let's talk about the pruning process. How do you recommend establishing boundaries and and, and doing that well? Tell the truth. All right. (laughs) Go on. Well, let's look at the chronic category. Most leaders I work with have a whole bunch of people they're spending enormous time with who really aren't changing. They just really want to be around the leader because the leader's warm and wise and accepts them, and that's great. But when they give them hard things to do and assignments and this sort of thing, they kind of come back and say, no, I didn't do it. I was busy, but what else you got for me? We have to realize we're we're sort of just in some nice way, we're kind of enabling them not to change. And so when you start finding that pattern, I mean, if people are doing what you're saying and they're saying, oh, gosh, I had that conversation and my business is doing great. My family's doing great. Great. But a chronic's just not going to change. They'll just keep kind of complaining that the world's against them. So sooner or later, you got to have a conversation saying, I care about our relationship and our time is variable. But I've noticed that things aren't changing and you have you have real challenges in your life and they're real. But 
I've noticed that you really do a small percentage of what I'm asking. And so we need to consider if this is really working for us. And let's try it again. And I'm going to tell you three things to do this week, blah, blah, blah. So you give everybody a chance like you would any kind of a conversation. If they come back and there's just more excuses after a couple of times, then you say, honestly, I really like you, but I... I kind of spend a lot of time with people who really, uh, really want to grow and change. So instead of meeting you once a week, it might be once a quarter. And uh, but here's some other people that are you know organizations you can do, to go to. You got to be nice about it. I never cut anybody off, but I do resize things when I notice that a person's a chronic. And, and I'm wondering about sort of energy drains in terms of of colleagues at work. How do you think about interacting there? There are people who are energy drains. It happens because there's energy given and taken at work. But I kind of say it's our problem. It's not them. It's, it's our fault because you only experience at work what you tolerate at work, right? So if I've got somebody coming in and they're I don't know, complaining or negative or whatever, and I give them 45 minutes that I don't have, well, I tolerated that. And so I got it. But if I say I only got three minutes here or five minutes or whatever, or I even have a tougher conversation. You know, Henry Cloud and I wrote a book called How to Have the Difficult Conversation You've Been Avoiding About This. Sometimes we can say, I don't have a lot of time. Sorry, I got to get back to work. Sometimes we have to say, can we really talk about this? Because uh, there's some things going on and you can give me any feedback you need to. But some things that are difficult that I want to talk about and you you have the talking. I, I think in terms of people that are mild, moderate or severe, I mean, you want to you, you always want to be mild. I don't want to be moderate severe. A mild person will say, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean, didn't mean to bellyache so much. And yeah, thanks. That's good advice. And they change. They're mild. Moderate severe might say, well, gosh, I thought you were my friend and you're against me too. And you go, no, I'm not. I'm not that. But I just got to see some changes. There's eight steps for that of how to deal with that in the book. So you got to determine what the drain is and whether you just take a mild approach or a moderate approach. But there's steps for that. Mm, sure thing. Well, well something maybe uh, before we get to, to that final bit, uh, John, tell me anything else you want to make sure to mention before we shift gears and hear about some of your favorite things? Yeah, I would invite and challenge business leaders to rethink how you are about your relationships and not to shame yourself because you might need to have a friend. We, we try to be so strong. We try to be Superman. We try to be Wonder Woman. But the reality is all the neuroscience says you need people just like they need you. And I promise you, when you say to some people, can we make lunch about me? I've just got a challenge. It can't be anybody. It can be probably can't probably be somebody who works for you. That's not really appropriate. But somebody that's a friend outside or inside a business, I promise you, 95 percent of them will say, you know, you give so much to me. You are so much there for me. It's an honor to be there for you. Take a little risk and see what your people are made of. Well, now, could you share a favorite quote, something you find inspiring? I'm a big fan of Peter Drucker. He was the, called the Moses of management. He's the guy that started all the management research that we now follow. And he was right about just about everything. And I've sort of read his stuff and learned from his stuff. He has a great statement. He says, culture will eat strategy for breakfast. Culture will eat strategy for breakfast, meaning we all need a strategy to grow our businesses. We all need to be great leaders and do the right things, have the right product, service, mission, vision. But culture, which is relationships, if our relationships aren't in place, it'll sabotage it. So always, always take the people part into consideration. And how about a favorite study or experiment or bit of research? There was a study done by some Italian researchers about how people connect and they use monkeys. And they had a computer with 
electrodes that went to your head. And so they put computer electrodes on one monkey's head and on the other's. And the monkeys could see each other from a few feet away. And then they began looking at the brain mapping of what the heat points in their brain was, because that's how you can tell where there's activity. And what they noticed was when one monkey was, let's say, anxious, the other one would look at it and get anxious. And he'd have the same red spots in the same places as the other one. When one would get happy, the other one would feel happy. When one got angry or sad, the other one did too. And they basically figured out that there are neurons. They're called mirror neurons. Like in the when you're shaving, you look in the mirror. These mirror neurons travel back and forth through eye contact where you see something in somebody else and you have a similar response. And they think they might have discovered the the neurological basis for what's called empathy. And every leader must be empathy. Now, you can't be, some of us are gifted in it. Some of us aren't gifted in it, gifted in it. But everybody, every leader must learn the skill. And from that, we figured, we've, we're finding out that the leaders that can just pay attention to their people, I mean, you still make them accountable. You still got to have KPIs and goals and all that. But if you also can be a mirror neuron on them so you can understand what their life is like, your company becomes more successful. And how about a favorite book? I'm currently revisiting a book by Pat Lencioni, who's a friend and a guy who really has helped us in the business world. It's called The Advantage. And it's a great book that is worth several reads on how to have your company be high-performing through the right relationships and engagement. And how about a favorite tool, something you use to be awesome at your job? Actually, it's uh, an assessment tool I developed called the TPRAT, T-P-R-A-T, Townsend Personal Relational Assessment Tool. My company uses it, and I use it for clients. It measures how a person is in four what we call capacities, capabilities in life. One is bonding. The second one is boundaries. The third one is reality. And then the fourth one is capability. And it measures all the, all four of those categories, bonding, boundaries, reality, and capability, scale of one to 10. And you get a profile of four numbers. And there's like all these skills that you can have to move up the ladder on that. And it's people like it. It makes sense. You can get it on my website, but it's, it's kind of a nice way for a team or a group to say, oh, Okay, here's what we're all working in, and here's the ones that are strong in this, and how can this? How can we relate better given these scores? And is there a particular nugget you share that really seems to connect and resonate with folks and you're known for? Yeah, it's probably a mantra that I use in my company that we train other companies with, and it's that we all need competence and character. Competence means you got to be good at what you do. you got to get the training. you got to do the elbow grease and really learn things at a highly skilled level. But you've also got to have character. You've also got to be a person that has integrity, has great relationships, and can inspire other people. If folks want to learn more or get in touch, where would you point them? My website is drtownsend.com, like drtownsend.com. It's got a lot of information. We've got the blogs and the advice and you know information. We've also got information about the Townsend Institute, where you can get a master's in leadership or a master's in coaching all online with us, Townsend Leadership Group, which is our cohort-based program around the country where a leader can meet with other leaders and with a person that um, I've trained to help them grow in their professions and SWOT analysis and EQ and all those things. drtownsend.com. And do you have a final challenge or call to action for folks seeking to be awesome at their jobs? I think of it this way. We're all meant to be F-16s like those pilots that go halfway around the world at very high altitudes and very high performance. And every leader wants to be that and should be. But you're only as good as your fuel. So consider... Who are you hanging out with? 
And who's hanging around with you? And is it high capacity fuel or is it low capacity fuel? You want to be with the highest octane possible. All right, John, thanks for this and, and good luck in all of your leading and relationships. And I hope you're, you're well nutriated. <laughs> I, I think you just made up a new word. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate John's take here on the importance of those relationships and being nourished by them. It makes all the difference. So don't overlook it. It can be quite easy to do so when you get caught up in the busyness of stuff. Let's stop and think about who are those folks. And I'm all about having an accountability group, a mastermind group. I mentioned my men's group. I've also got a podcast mastermind group. It's awesome how we support each other. We're vulnerable with each other. And it's almost like a therapy session. We, we've said that a few times during those sessions. And you've heard them on the show, by the way. If you haven't checked out those episodes, we got Dave Stahoviak from Coaching for Leaders. We got Chris DeFerio for Keys to the Shop. We got Lisa Cummings of Lead Through Strengths. We got Scott Barlow of Happen to Your Career. And we got Kwame Christian from Negotiate Anything. Now you know. There's a secret cabal behind the scenes. Not really. It's, it's pretty well disclosed. But uh, yeah, we like each other. And we support one another and we understand one another and we sort of share, hey, man, I'm dealing with this and it's upsetting me. It's frustrating me. I got this mental block. I'm kind of hesitant about this. I'm scared about that. And it makes all the difference in the world to have that support. So again, the show notes, the transcript, the links to items we referenced are at awesomeatyourjob.com slash ep498. If you haven't already, I hope you'll push subscribe. You'll catch our next guest. It's Brian Ahern, and he is talking about influence the principles that make a world of difference when you are wanting people to say yes. Hope to catch you there and peace. Thanks for listening. To get the most out of the show, we recommend two key things. First, check out the extra resources at awesomeatyourjob.com. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as the perfect episode for your situation. You can search the full text transcripts of hundreds of episodes or explore episodes tagged by topic and competency covered. Second, subscribe to the podcast and get future episodes automatically. You can subscribe by telling Siri and several other smartphones and speakers, subscribe to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast or by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. If you'd like some extra help figuring out podcasts and how subscriptions work, visit awesomeatyourjob.com slash subscribe for guidance. Hope to catch you on the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.